Welcome to Radiologist Headquarters. I'm Dr. Dan Koval, and this is Imaging of Hepatic Hemangioma, Pitfalls and Mimics, Part 2. So in Part 2, I'll talk about some ultrasound pitfalls with hemangioma. We'll go over atypical sclerosed and hyalinized hemangiomas. And then I'll talk about some malignant mimics on CT and MRI, particularly hypervascular metastases like melanoma and neuroendocrine tumor, and then intrahepatic mass-forming cholangiocarcinoma, which can often mimic hemangioma. So let's start with ultrasound pitfalls. So to review the last lecture, remember the reverse target sign for hepatic hemangiomas on ultrasound tends to have an echogenic periphery with an isoechoic to hypoechoic center. This is often seen with hemangiomas. And here's the correlative multiphase CT scan. We can see the hemangioma on non-contrast imaging with gradual peripheral nodular enhancement with centripetal progression. And just a reminder that the cortical medullary phase is often seen at the same time as the hepatic arterial phase, and the early nephrographic phase occurs around the same time as the portal venous phase. All right, so what do you think about this case? We have multiple concentric lesions throughout the liver on ultrasound. Is this an example of multiple hemangiomas? Well, this is actually hepatic metastatic disease and an example of the target sign. So this is conveniently the opposite of the reverse target sign. So instead, we have a peripheral hypoechoic component surrounding central echogenicity here. And again, you can see all these lesions have that same configuration. And when you see that, it's fairly typical for metastatic disease, and that should be your primary concern when you see a target sign in the liver. And this patient also had a CT scan showing multiple ill-defined hepatic metastases throughout the liver. This was an older gentleman with multiple primary carcinomas that uh, may have been the culprit for the metastatic disease. Okay, here's a different case. This was a 35-year-old female with a history of hepatic mass, and we see that there's a hypoechoic solid mass here in the liver adjacent to the gallbladder. So typically, hypoechoic hepatic masses are somewhat suspicious, but notice that the surrounding liver parenchyma is extremely echogenic, and it's also poor beam penetration. Everything gets kind of fuzzy as you go deeper in the liver, and it's avascular. So the patient initially had a multiphase CT scan, and on the non-contrast phase, you can see that the lesion is relatively hyperdense relative to the surrounding parenchyma, which is a little different than your typical hemangioma in a normal liver. And on the hepatic arterial phase and portal venous phase images, there may be some mild enhancement, but it's difficult to evaluate. So the patient had an MRI, and initially looking at these in-phase and opposed-phase tumor-weighted images, we can see that there's marked parenchymal dropout demonstrated by the liver. And if you recall from the adrenal lectures on in and out of phase images, that's a great way to evaluate for the presence of microscopic or intracellular intracytoplasmic fat, which will drop out and become dark on the opposed phase series. So that indicates that there's severe hepatic steatosis. In this case, too, we also did a chemical shift subtraction image, which just subtracts the opposed phase from the in phase images. And anything that's bright uh, is actually indicating true signal dropout, true presence of intracellular or microscopic fat. You can also see that there's some dropout in the bone marrow, which is normal and physiologic. And looking at that lesion there in the right lobe, it's dark on T1, and it almost looks bright on T1 opposed phase, but it's actually not changing in signal, as we can see on the chemical shift subtraction image. And it's really just the surrounding liver parenchyma becoming dark that makes this lesion look bright. And then if we look at the rest of the MRI images, you can see on T2 fat-suppressed images, it's extremely bright, a little brighter than the spleen. And then on the post-contrast images, as we move from the hepatic arterial phase to the delayed phase images, you see that nice interrupted enhancement pattern with gradual centripetal progression, diagnostic of hemangioma. So this was a hepatic hemangioma in the setting of severe hepatic steatosis. And that's a potential pitfall on ultrasound because it changes the normal echogenic signature of the hemangioma to look darker and more hypoechoic than it typically would.
So just be aware of that when you have a fatty liver and you see a hypoechoic lesion, it may not necessarily be a metastatic lesion or something malignant, but it can be further characterized with MRI. Okay, so let's talk about atypical hemangiomas now. So this was a 67-year-old male who had a history of colon cancer and had a CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis for staging purposes, and this hypodense mass was identified in the left hepatic lobe. And it's very lobulated, it's heterogeneous, it doesn't really look like a typical hemangioma. And unfortunately, hepatic metastases from colon cancer tend to be hypodense. So there was a high suspicion of colon metastases in this patient, and a biopsy was performed. And it turned out that this was a sclerosed or hyalinized hemangioma, which is benign. So hemangiomas sometimes have an atypical appearance on imaging, and the sclerosed hyalinized types are particularly difficult to diagnose. They occur when you have degeneration with fibrous replacement of the hemangioma, and that yields variable enhancement, sometimes minimal to no enhancement, like in this case, but you might still have rim or the typical nodular enhancement. The T2 signal, though, is often heterogeneous and may have areas of hypointensity, so it doesn't have that typical marked T2 brightness that we're used to. Interestingly, these often regress over time, but if there's no regression, the only way you can definitively diagnose these is to either biopsy or follow them long-term on imaging. So there are a few other atypical hemangioma features to be aware of. You can have a small hypoattenuating hemangioma where you'll see these atypical tiny dots of enhancement, which is known as the bright dot sign of enhancement that will fill in very slowly. So instead of the typical globular enhancement that you'll see, because of the small size of these lesions, you get this very slow fill-in, but they should still have this characteristic T2 hyperintensity on MRI. Another feature to be aware of is the hemangioma with arterial portal shunts, and that has an incidence up to 26%, and what you'll see is rapid enhancement of the hemangioma. It will be flash filling, typically a high-flow hemangioma, and you'll see this adjacent transient hepatic enhancement difference that will fade away on the portal venous and delayed phase images. Also, these high-flow hemangiomas with shunting can have peritumoral sparing of fatty infiltration when you have a fatty liver. But that's not a specific finding. You can also see that with malignant liver tumors. So let me show you an example of this latter type of uh, hemangioma variant. So this is a patient with a hepatic arterial phase series showing this very hypervascular mass-like lesion in the right hepatic lobe there. Notice that there's this tubular, somewhat serpentine structure leading to an area of marked hyperemia. And there's this patchy enhancement pattern against the subcapsular region more inferiorly surrounding this mass. If we look at the portal venous phase images, that transient hepatic enhancement difference fades away, but we get this persistent enhancement of this small underlying lesion there that also continues on the delayed phase imaging. So this is typical for a hemangioma high flow with arterial portal shunt, and that's confirmed on MRI here. If we look at the hepatic arterial phase series of MRI, you get, again, this very vascular focus with surrounding patchy hyperemia within the adjacent subcapsular right hepatic lobe, and that fades away on the delayed phase imaging, but we get this persistent enhancement of the underlying hemangioma. And remember, always look at T2 when you're evaluating for a hemangioma, and this area is very hyperintense relative to the spleen, typical for hemangioma. So again, this is a high-flow hemangioma with arterial portal shunt. And just to clarify, an arterial portal shunt is a communication between a branch of an intrahepatic artery and the portal venous system that can form in the setting of a hemangioma. Now, if we look at the in-phase and a post-phase chemical shift imaging for this patient, notice how the liver parenchyma drops out and becomes dark on the post-phase image, indicating that there's some hepatic steatosis. And there's that hemangioma again in the right lobe. It's T1 dark. But what else do you see on the post-phase image? We see this area denoted by the green arrow that does not fully drop out. It remains bright. So that's an area of peritumoral sparing of fatty infiltration adjacent to a high-flow hepatic hemangioma with arterial portal shunt. 
So notice that this area of focal sparing occurred where that transient hepatic enhancement difference was demonstrated on the previous images. And it's thought that this alteration in intrahepatic blood flow might actually be the cause of this differential fatty infiltration adjacent to the high-flow hepatic hemangioma with shunt. And again, this is not a specific finding for hemangioma. You can see it with malignant tumors like hepatocellular carcinoma. But with the constellation of these imaging findings in this case, you can confidently make the diagnosis of hemangioma. All right, so let's move on to some scary lesions, things you don't want to miss. Malignant mimics of hemangioma on CT and MRI. So just a general differential diagnosis when you're evaluating for hepatic hemangioma, you want to make sure you're not missing hypervascular hepatic metastases. Also, intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma, the mass-forming peripheral type, can sometimes mimic hemangioma. And then hepatic angiosarcomas, which are fairly uncommon, so I'm going to focus on the top two diagnoses. And I'll give you some tips on how to differentiate. All right, so just to review the normal appearance of hemangioma, it should be isodense to the blood pool on non-contrast CT and homogeneously hyperintense to the liver and particularly the spleen on T2 fat-suppressed images on MRI. And then on post-contrast images, you'll again see that interrupted peripheral nodular enhancement with gradual centripetal progression. There should be no washout. So let's look at our first evil mimic. All right, so this was a CT scan in the arterial phase of the liver, and you see that there is a mass in the right lobe. It has a regular peripheral hyperemia, somewhat nodular. And you might think, could this be a hemangioma? Well, this was a single-phase study, so it's difficult to evaluate. But if we look at the old study that the patient had three months ago, and that's always critical to review prior studies if available, on liver windows in the arterial phase, we don't really see anything in that right lobe. Now you might be thinking, Dr. Koval, this could be due to subtle differences in the phase of contrast enhancement between these two studies, <laughs> which is an excellent point. So you could then look at the non-contrast phase that this patient also had with that prior study. And do you see anything? No, there's nothing there. We should be able to see a hemangioma even on a non-contrast phase with proper windowing because it should be isodense of the blood pool, the portal and hepatic veins. Now, if we look at the follow-up CT scan that the patient had six months later, you can see that the mass is much larger, consistent with an enlarging metastatic focus, and this patient had metastatic melanoma. There's also intralesional neoangiogenesis within this mass, as evidenced by these serpentine areas of hyperenhancement due to this new vessel creation and recruitment about the mass typical for malignancy. The patient also had a CT scan of the chest, showing these pulmonary nodules consistent with metastatic disease. So the teaching point for this case is to be aware that irregular rim enhancement is not the same as interrupted peripheral nodular enhancement, and it's essential to compare to prior studies. Hemangiomas don't typically pop up acutely. They tend to be present long-term and should not change in size. All right, let's move on to mimic number two. So these are images of the right hepatic lobe, post-contrast MRI, T1 fat suppressed. And on the hepatic arterial phase series, you see this mass with peripheral somewhat nodular enhancement that shows progressive fill-in on portal venous phase and delayed phase images. Could this be a hemangioma? Hmm, well, if we look at the subtraction images where we subtract pre and post-contrast series, it gives us a bit of a better sense of the enhancement characteristics of this lesion. So it's enhancing immediately but then there is subtle washout on the delayed phase images. It's not quite as enhancing as on the portal venous phase image. So we have a mass here with progressive fill-in and subtle washout. So whenever you're evaluating a hepatic lesion on MRI, it's critical to use the T1 and T2 signal characteristics to further evaluate. And in this case, the lesion is T2 bright and T1 dark, but it's only mildly T2 bright. Notice it's not uh, quite as bright as the CSF here. And you know how I usually say to compare to the spleen, this patient actually had their spleen removed, which is a clue to what this diagnosis is. 
So we should also always look at the diffusion weighted images. And in this case, the lesion is very bright on B800 images. Remember, the higher the B value, the greater the strength of diffusion. And it's also a little dark on ADC. So this is a restricting diffusion. And this turned out to be metastatic pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor. And these lesions are often T2 hyperintense with progressive fill-in, and they can mimic hemangiomas, but they're often not quite as T2 hyperintense, and then they don't tend to have the interrupted peripheral nodular enhancement pattern and may restrict diffusion. And also look for additional lesions where this patient had extensive metastatic disease throughout the liver from neuroendocrine carcinoma, and it already had a pancreatic tail resection with splenectomy. And in this case, the lesions were better visualized on the non-contrast series. Notice all these diffuse T2 mildly hyperintense lesions and T1 hypointense lesions scattered throughout the liver, all demonstrating marked restricted diffusion on the B800 series. And see how they're all very dark on ADC. So this is a case of diffuse neuroendocrine hepatic metastases. Remember, this is in your differential for hypervascular hepatic metastases along with melanoma. So let's look at mimic number three. And this case really highlights the importance of looking at the T2 images and diffusion and not getting hung up on the enhancement pattern. So this was a 44-year-old female. And on the hepatic arterial phase images, you can see that there is some peripheral nodular enhancement here. And there is slight uh, gradual fill-in on portal venous and delayed phase images. And if we look at T1-weighted images, it's hypo-intense, iso-intense to the blood pool. And then it's T2 hyper-intense. It's not as bright as the CSF here or the gallbladder fluid, but uh, it's bright, which could be a hemangioma. But remember, you always want to compare to the spleen if possible. And what do you think here? Is the lesion brighter than the spleen? No, on these T2 fat suppressed images, it's brighter than the liver, but it's iso-intense to the spleen. It has that evil gray signal that should make you concerned. It could be an atypical hemangioma, hyalinized or sclerosed, but you can't exclude malignancy. And if we look at the diffusion-weighted images, it's bright on the low B-value series, but then remains bright on B800, and it's dark on ADC, indicating that there is true restricted diffusion, which is concerning for metastatic disease or another malignant tumor. And also on these images, note how the CSF remains bright on B50, but it then becomes darker on B400 and B800, because as the B-value goes up, the strength of T2 weighting decreases. And this turned out to be a hepatic metastasis from small bowel leiomyosarcoma. This patient also had a second metastatic lesion in the hepatic dome. And on the hepatic arterial phase image, you see this one also has some peripheral nodular enhancement that has progressive fill-in on the delayed phase imaging. And it looks disturbingly like a hemangioma. But remember, look at the non-contrast images. That's the advantage of MRI. You have T1 signal, which in this case is not specific. It's just hypo-intense. But the T2 signal is only mildly bright. And on T2 fat suppressed, it's only faintly hyperintense, which is very non-typical for hemangioma. And this turned out to be a second metastatic lesion with progressive fill-in. So teaching points from this case, sarcoma, even though it's uncommon, when it metastasizes to the liver, it tends to be hypervascular. Also, it's critical to look at all the imaging features of a lesion before deciding if it's a hemangioma, not just the enhancement pattern, but also the underlying signal. And finally, when you see multiple lesions that have atypical signal for hemangioma, you should be concerned that these are metastases, as it would be unusual to have multiple atypical hemangiomas in the same patient. Okay, mimic number four. So we have a large mass here on MRI in the left hepatic lobe, and it's very T2 bright, particularly on fat-suppressed images. And notice also there's a T2 hyperintense central scar. Also, the lesion is T1 hypointense, and it also has a T1 hypointense central scar. So on paper, this sounds kind of like a hemangioma. It's T2 bright and has a T1 dark, T2 bright central scar. So now you know to always check with the spleen. And then interestingly, the mass is brighter than the spleen in this case. 
So maybe it is a hemangioma. But remember, you have to look at everything. So if we look at the diffusion sequences along with the ADC map, what do you see? Well, the mass is extremely bright on the B800 series, and then it's very dark peripherally on the ADC map. The central scar does not restrict diffusion in this case. But the fact that the rest of the tumor is, is very suspicious for malignancy. And then if we look at the enhancement pattern, does this look typical for hemangioma? Well, you can see that the central scar is not enhancing, which is typical for hemangioma, but on the hepatic arterial phase, we don't see any peripheral nodular enhancement. And it's not very hypervascular, it just is slowly progressively filling in here on the portal venous and delayed phase series. And if we look at the subtraction image of the hepatic arterial phase image, you can see the aorta enhancing there very brightly. We again don't really see any of that peripheral nodular interrupted enhancement. It's just kind of gradually filling in. And this turned out to be another metastatic sarcoma. This was a gastrointestinal stromal tumor, a GIST. So in this case, the T2 signal and presence of a central scar is somewhat deceptive, but the enhancement pattern and the presence of diffusion aids with the diagnosis. And again, remember, the central scar should not guide your differential diagnosis. It's something that you can use to refine your diagnosis once you've made it. And metastatic and malignant tumors can certainly have central scars, like in this case. All right, let's look at the last mimic, number five. And this is an important one because this tumor has a very typical imaging appearance that can sometimes be confused with hemangioma. So on these hepatic arterial phase images, notice how there's a hypervascular mass here with peripheral enhancement in the left hepatic lobe on MRI. And then we see on the portal venous phase images, there is this gradual centripetal progression and it continues to fill in on delayed images. So this could be confused with a hemangioma. It is a bit more heterogeneous than you would typically expect, but it is kind of filling in centrally. And again, you always want to look at the T2-weighted images. So here, the T2 fat-suppressed images show that the mass is hyperintense relative to the liver, but iso-intense relative to the spleen here. It has that evil gray type of T2 hyperintensity. Also, it's heterogeneously hypointense in the center. And if we look at T1-weighted images, it doesn't add that much other than show that it is somewhat ill-defined in contour. And this turned out to be an intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. So let me just talk about intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma for a minute. And I'm particularly talking about this type, which is the peripheral mass-forming type, not Klatskin tumor, but this is when you have cholangiocarcinoma that forms as a mass in the liver, usually in the periphery. And these masses are typically T2 hyperintense to the liver, but not to the spleen. They'll have that evil gray T2 hyperintensity. And you'll also often have this T2 hypointensity due to the presence of fibrosis, which you don't typically see with hemangiomas. Also, it's common to see capsular retraction as denoted by the green arrow there. And you'll have the same kind of gradual progressive centripetal enhancement that you'll see with hemangioma, but usually the enhancement will be more heterogeneous and not iso-intense to the blood vessels, unlike hemangioma. So you can see the enhancement here is not quite as bright as the portal vein there denoted by the orange arrow, whereas hemangioma typically will follow the blood pool, and that's a key feature. And finally, bile ducts upstream to the mass might not be dilated, particularly with these very peripheral tumors, because they're so peripheral, they're not really involving the biliary tree. So don't be dissuaded by the lack of biliary ductal dilatation when making the diagnosis of intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. Frequently, I see these tumors without any biliary ductal dilatation, particularly if they're extremely peripheral, causing capsular retraction. Hey, that's it for imaging of hepatic hemangioma, pitfalls and mimics part two. You'll now be awarded the scroll of hemangioma mastery. <laughs> if you enjoyed this lecture, please subscribe to Radiologist Headquarters on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. It would be fabulous if you shared these lectures with even just one person. Visit us at radiologisthq.com for additional info and to follow us on social media to get updates. Thanks and have a great day.